If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. This is another of our popular Listener's Choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today's guest is Russell Johnson. Russell's a show jumping specialist, rider, trainer and coach. He's been a successful international competitor in many Grand Prix and show jumping events. He's won a World Cup qualifier and he's represented Australia in Nations Cup all around Europe and rode in the Olympics. How are you today, Russell? Oh, I'm well, thanks, Glennis. Great. Russell, we normally start off with your favourite quote, which could be an inspirational quote or a quote that you use often when you're teaching. Have you got something for us? The harder I work, the luckier I get. <laughs> yes. Do you know who said that in the first place? No idea. Mm, mm. It's actually been attributed to a few people, so, um, yeah, it's a good one, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I suppose the reason it's been attributed to a few different people is because quite a few people use it. Might get attributed to you. Okay. One <laughs> All right. <laughs> I yeah. doubt it. The other one, do you want another one, Glenn? The yes, other one please. I like is yep. the old saying that practice makes perfect. Yeah. It's not really true. Only perfect practice makes perfect. Yes, yes. There's no point in practicing a flawed technique because all yep. you're going to do is perfect the flawed technique. Yep, yep. All right, I think that's something for people to remember as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Russell, how did you start with horses? Were you from a horsey family or not or what happened there? Yeah, yes, I was definitely from a horsey family. I grew up in a little town called Meandara, which is about, uh, about 450 kilometres almost straight west of Brisbane, a sort of central southern Queensland between Gundawindi and Roma. Yep. And my grandparents had a farm there. Early on, we, we lived in town. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, my grandparents had the farm and my granddad was a former driver and bush jockey and all that sort of thing, and he had horses on the farm. So my earliest memories of riding a horse was sitting on, sitting in front of the saddle in front of my granddad. Mm. Mm. Great memories. I bet you got lots of time in the saddle there just having fun galloping around and popping over whatever jumped came in the way. Yeah, no, it was fabulous. Like, as we grew up, my brother and I, we spent a lot of time out on the farm with them mm. and we rode our ponies out there. We lived, They were about 16 kilometres out of town, so our weekends we would ride the ponies out 16 kilometres out to the farm. <laughs> We'd ride yep. them. They had 2,500 acres. We rode them all over the farm on the weekend and then Sunday afternoon we rode them back into town. So they were pretty fit ponies. Pretty fit ponies, plenty of miles in the saddle for you as well, yeah. Yeah, we just about wore them out, I think. <laughs> Russell, when you first left school, did you do anything else or you were straight into horses? What's the story there? Look, probably my first 12 months I was working as a station hand, mm-hmm. plowing paddocks, planting wheat, that sort of thing, general station hand work. I did a little bit of work preparing yearlings. 
yep. for sales. And um, but then after that twelve months, I was um, yeah down. I went down to the Glen almost an Ag College down in Victoria. Oh yeah, and yep. that's how I ended up down here. Okay, okay. And just, you know, because you've made a profession out of horses, you know, you're a professional rider, coach, you've got lots going on in the horse world. What do you think are the core skills or the character traits it takes for people who are looking to get in the industry? Number one, you've got to be passionate about horses. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that ability to connect with the horse, you have to have an empathy with the animal. Yep. You know, like really, we're, we're animal trainers. Um, sure. But I love what horses can do for people. I'm not really into training lions or tigers because <laughs> they're way too dangerous for my liking. <laughs> and you can't ride them. Yep. So I, I, that's what I like. Look, you've got to have an empathy for the animal. And for me, you know, I like, I like training animals. I like training sheepdogs, all that sort of thing. But, you know, what the horse can do for you, I really relate to that. So that's what got yep. me hooked on it. Okay. And maybe I didn't run fast enough. If I could have run faster, <laughs> I might have been a, a rugby league player. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, there's lots of people. If you think think about the amount of people, because there's lots that have got that are passionate about horses, have empathy with horses, do have all the skills that you said, and do a good job, and are professional. But someone like yourself who's excelled, who's got to the top, you know, and there's only a few that have got there. What do you think are the keys to excelling in your career? Career or sport? See, like working with horses is a career. Okay, but sport then. Competing yeah. as a show jumper is definitely mm. a sport. Yep. So you know, it's it's probably the difference in from as a competitor is mm-hmm. I think how well you can respond under pressure. Yeah, like the elite competition is high adrenaline, high pressure, and it's being able to stay focused on your processes to get a really good end result. So that's probably what it boils down to as any sports person, mm-hmm. you know, being able to compete under pressure. Okay, okay. All right, because I'm sure we've all seen, not just in show jumping, but a lot of sports people at a really high level who going well, going well, and maybe get to the show jumping and eventing, you know, or the last rail or the last little bit and just don't do it because I suppose they haven't held on, they haven't been able to compete under pressure. Yeah, yeah, look, and it's again, it's getting back to that first thing too. You've got to have a really sound technique. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a, a sound, yeah, is technique the right word? Yeah, technique or understanding of what's required mm-hmm. for these horses to jump well. Yep, yep. What about people? And then you've got to be able to execute that. Yep. Yep, sorry. That's all right. What about people who have influenced you? Who do you think has been a main influence to maybe changed your direction or put you in the direction that you've gone? Look, probably early on, my own father, you know, like he, mm-hmm. he was uh, a pretty hard-working fella and was really prepared to drum it into us, you know, that whole idea of hard work creates a bit more luck. So definitely Dad had an influence. Mm-hmm. But then some of the early, you know, he was, was also clever enough to take us off to a number of good coaches, yep. like uh, even our early days, guys like Vince Corby, for instance. Yes. You know, we went and did a, um, a show riding clinic. Not that it was really something that I was passionate about, but <laughs> it just certainly honed a bit of expertise and polish and understanding in the early days for training horses. And, and then we used guys like Peter Mullins. Yep. Peter was very influential, especially up in Queensland. Mm. But then later on, when I came down to Victoria, definitely Art Utendale was probably one of the, the biggest influences for me. Okay. All right. What about horses? 
who've influenced you? Who's your, who's your main? If you're going to pick one horse, who do you think? Oh, one horse, definitely yeah. my Olympic horse. You know, in contrast, he was pretty special. Mm-hmm. We were quite fortunate to come across him at the right time. Yep. And I had just enough knowledge to make the most of him. Okay. And what about your proudest moment? Was that with him? Yeah. I mean, you know, walking into an opening ceremony for an Olympic Games yeah. is pretty unique. You know, that's not something that that many people get to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was a real highlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Now, as a competitor and also a coach, I'm sure you see a lot of riders around that are just you just think, oh, if only you knew this. You know, just a common fault that they do, a common challenge they might have. What's something that, mm-hmm. that they do and how do you how would you fix it if you're coaching them? Common fault. Yeah, look, mm. probably one of the biggest common faults with show jumpers is as horse is riders actually overriding a little, being okay. a little bit too strong. Mm-hmm. And I often say to my students that our legs get a bit of a mind of their own. You know, as riders we tend to try and make the horses jump bigger or better. You can't make them jump bigger and better. You can just give them the opportunity to jump bigger and better. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a little bit of a, a nerves and adrenaline thing with the competition. We tend to overleg horses in defences. So instead of getting good takeoff points, we end up pushing them in a little bit too close to the fences mm-hmm. and push them through the fence. So, you know, really it's a case of overriding. Okay, okay. It's a little bit like golfers trying to overhit <laughs> a ball. Okay. Tennis players trying to overhit a ball. Yep. Uh, that's it's, uh, it boards a very similar scenario. Okay, okay. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. What about, you know, you've had, I'm sure you've had lots of ups that we've talked about, but I'm sure there's been downs as well. What's been your biggest challenge? Yeah. Challenges, making a living in Australia out of this sport. Mm -hmm. That's a major challenge. Yeah, yeah. Probably looking back in hindsight, it would have been better off to um, go overseas, whether it be Europe or the US or something like that, where the sport is, um, there's a lot more money involved in the sport. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. from a, competitive point of view like I love competing that's probably why I'm 52 years old and still doing it yep. uh, I find it it's a buzz yep. and to be able to be still competing at the elite level at my age is pretty unique for any sport mm-hmm. or for most other sports you simply can't do it so um, you know it, it's great like that but as far as you know like the the prize money overseas the profile of the sport is superior so Mm-hmm. And I'm making a living out of it in Australia is, is definitely difficult. Do you find that many Australian coaches, instead of being professional riders like they may be in overseas, they tend to be sports people, riders, and then professional coaches? So they have to coach to make a living rather than just being a professional rider? Yeah, look, it's like in my business here, coaching is a large part of it. Yep. You can look at different strategies for a business. Maybe perhaps I should be concentrating more on producing horses and less on coaching. It's you know, but it's like any it's like a farmer. You spread your risk. So, you know, we try to do a bit of everything. Yeah. For us, 
when with the competition of horses, we're really looking to sell horses long at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then the horses have got to stay sound, they've got to pass vet checks. And if that happens, fantastic. But if it doesn't, well, you're back to square one. So, you know, really the coaching is cash flow. Yep, yep. Okay, have you got a book that you could recommend for our listeners today? A book to recommend. Mm. Mm. Have you, you know, something um, to I always actually, I, yeah, look, I actually, with most of my students, I actually recommend Monty Roberts's book, The Man Who Listens to Horses. Okay. I'm quite a big fan of Monty, so I, um, and that, that first book that he wrote, it's a good read, mm-hmm. <laughs> number yep. one, yep. interesting character. Yeah. Um, but some, you know, a really good understanding of how horses think and how they respond and react, so that's one that I recommend to students a lot. Yeah, yeah. Monty was an earlier guest, so um, if people want to have a look at that link, they'll be able to go to his, if they just go horsechats.com slash Monty Roberts, they'll get a link through yeah. to that book. Yeah. Yeah, I've been and watched a number of Monty's clinics. I think it's just fantastic, and I just love watching such good horse people, mm. and I think his timing and his ability to read horses is just phenomenal and that's something that just comes with sound understanding and and lots and lots of practice yes yes and you know and the living with the horses yeah oh yeah yep yep now what are you looking forward to russell you know is it more jumping what am i looking forward to yep what have you got at the moment i'm actually involved with a um a pretty unique thing that's um it's a series it's almost it's a reality tv show actually so um yeah, it's quite a first. I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about it, but um, it's, we're just in the filming of it at the moment, and it's uh, we've got five Aussie show jumping riders that teamed up with five top racehorse trainers, and those trainers are providing us with horses, thoroughbred racehorses off yep. the track, yep. and uh, we're um, reschooling them, and we've got film crew chasing us around and analysing and, and filming the selection process and the training process, and it's going to give the general public a really good insight into what we do with these horses and what needs to be done with these horses mm-hmm. and what we do with our sport. And ultimately, we're going to have a competition with these. Um, we've got, uh, got to pick two horses each. So we've got 10 horses and we're going to have a competition at the end. And uh, all this is going to be filmed. It's to be shown on Network 7, I think, I'm pretty sure. And it's going to go free to air on the main station, so that's a bit of a buzz. So we're actually going to have some Australian show jumping on television. So that'll be good. That sounds really good. Yes, yes, we don't get a lot here. Quite the format. Yeah, Yeah, probably not quite the format (laughs) I was um, expecting, but yeah, I think it'll be a great way to educate the general public as to what is involved in the sport. You know, Mm. we're not just a bunch of uh, hobnobs that go around riding around in jackets all day. Yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. Yep, Yep, and it's. um, you know, the other big thing that gets me is so much the general public think that, and especially to it like an elite level, I often get this question. People say, do you really think show jumping and horse sports should be at the Olympics? And they also say, well, why not? You know, mm. I say, well, isn't it the horse that's doing all the work? Yeah. <laughs> and, and straight away I answer back and say, well, I'm, obviously you've never ridden. Yes. Yeah? And it's like, you know, people don't, today especially, people don't appreciate what's involved with the sport. So. Mm. It's really good to be involved with this television reality show that's going to actually educate the public a little bit more as well as provide some good question on TV. So, yeah, that's exciting. I'm really – that's probably the most positive thing that I've been involved with for many years. Very good. And what sort of timeline is it? You know, what stage are you up to now? When do you think it'll finish? Yeah, look, Um, we're just – 
we're just selecting the horses at the moment. Mm-hmm. So we're going through that. And um, at this stage, it's still a work in progress, but at this stage, the final should be held around about in May. So we don't get a lot of time, but the horses are only going to be jumping about a metre 10, metre 15. Okay, okay. And do you know what it's called? Jump Off. It's <laughs> a good name. Yep. It is, isn't it? It is. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Now, what I'd like you to do is just sum up your philosophy into a lesson today. My philosophy was always mm. to go out and learn off the best riders that I could find. Okay. You know, I know we always say, oh, you don't have to be a great rider to be a good coach. So, by golly, if you've got a good coach who is or was a good rider, then you've got the ultimate coach as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you even look at guys like, well, George Morris comes to mind. Sure. I mean, George Morris was a former silver medalist Mm. and he's a hell of a coach. Yes, yes. And and probably if I was going to say uh, there's been a lot of previous guests who've said that George Morris has been pretty influential in their careers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, George George is definitely a big influence. I love. I always make an effort to go and have a look at his clinics and I rode in one of his clinics a couple of years ago. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I've almost finished his book. That's a good read. <laughs> yeah. All right. Russell, how can people contact you? Yeah, look, we're on the net. Our, uh, our business is the Victorian Show Jumping Stables. Yep. So our website is www.victorianshowjumpingstables.com. Okay, and the other thing is too, it'll be on horsechats.com slash Russell Johnson. There'll be a direct link through to there and hopefully there'll be a, be a direct link through to Jump Off as well as the reality TV show. All right, great news. Absolutely, watch this space. <laughs> it's, it's, as I say, it's still a work in progress and yep. look, it's the first time this has been done so mm-hmm. it, it hasn't been easy but it's, um, it's going really well and uh, I'm very excited about it. Sounds good. Sounds good. Maybe we can get you on after jump off, and uh, you can talk about how you went in the uh, in the show. Once, Absolutely, be one, my pleasure. I was going to say, once it airs, of course, you can't give us the the uh, answer or the the results before it airs. No, no, yeah, not at all. Yeah. Not at okay. all. That'll be <laughs> <laughs> that'll be fun. Okay, great to talk to you today, Russell, and I uh, hope I'll talk to you again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye. Pleasure, Glenn. Good evening. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses, or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 